0: on 20 past 9 o'clock firmly in the middle of the show. Um, like I was saying earlier on, I had the uh, beautiful pleasure of sitting down for a private conversation with a Nigerian-born, multidisciplinary Pan-African artist Tunde Owulabi uh, yesterday, in fact. He uh, just opened up his uh, first ever solo exhibition in South Africa being hosted out at the uh, Gobeni uh, Gallery in Kromerville, uh, which in its itself is an incredible space that uh, should you ever want to see what South African artists are up to, you definitely do owe them a visit. So uh, for the remainder of the month, Tunde's exhibition, which is entitled As We Were, As We Are, is uh, going to be in residence uh, at uh, Cromwell Ngubeni Studios. Um, what an incredible conversation with a man who really is quite a visionary Um, And his approach to to how he creates and his approach to his career as a creative uh, is quite uh, resounding. If you get an opportunity, perhaps you can follow him on uh, Instagram and have a look. He puts up quite a few videos of him uh, in process. And, of course, visual arts is not the only way he chooses to express himself. He is an artistic strokey. Um, He's a visual artist, a painter. He's a sculptor, a photographer, a fashion designer, an interior decorator. A former ad executive, um, who is also, by the way, by the way, uh, qualified. He's a qualified IT specialist. Um, so he's a man of many facets, and uh, he's chosen to express, uh, celebrate, honor, and of course, interrogate the African narrative using the disciplines of creativity. So my conversation with the Tunde, and we thought. You know, why not, moving forward, just take the show into the natural spaces where it exists anyway, considering the fact that we are an arts and culture lifestyle show and we tend to inhibit these spaces when we are not on a microphone. So uh, we figured from time to time, some of our conversations, as you would have uh, figured from last week, will happen outside of the studio and will happen within the natural environments from where artists and creators create tunde olwabi
1: bridget masinga on the art of everything
0: so what i love the most about being in my position is the ability to come on premiere night and enjoy <laughs> <laughs> a quiet moment with the artist with the brains behind everything before the hustle and the bustle yeah um, and I get the honor today of sitting in a very private conversation with a multidisciplinary Pan-African artist. I love how that, by the way, is titled, <laughs> uh, Tunde Oulabi, who is in the country for his uh, solo exhibition. Thank you for, for allowing me to invade your space, to invade your, your quiet moments.
1: Thank you so much, project.
0: No, I've well, been...
1: I mean, I've heard so much about you, so I've been looking forward to our conversation. I won't call it interview. I feel like it's going to be a conversation and it will be fun.
0: I feel like it's going to be a conversation. Me as well. You know, I got introduced to your work uh, via some mutual friends, Reggie the Nomad and Cromwell, Mm -hmm. uh, whose studio you are showcasing in today, and I just absolutely fell in love. Thank you. I had to hit Google, cause like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like most daft people, then you start thinking, where's this person been hiding? But you've had a very colorful journey, just as Tunde, before Tunde even became an artist, born and raised in Nigeria, yeah. in Lagos, yeah. but then shipped off and uh, was in <laughs> London <laughs> for, <laughs> for the longest time. Yeah. How was that experience for you? I, and I know a lot of Nigerians, um, you know, will will be born in Nigeria, maybe have their heritage in Nigeria, and then partly school in London, and then come back home or not come back home. How is that for you sort of existing between those two worlds?
1: Uh, London for me was, um, you know, taking you out of your comfort zone, and just putting you out there in the world, and let me say, putting you in the ocean, and then say, swim. Mm. You know, I had to learn how to swim when I got to London. Um, A lot of things I had to learn. I've I've always been independent, even though I lived with my parents while I was in Nigeria, but I was used to being independent. I wanted to make my own money. I wasn't that child that would wait for pocket money before I do my things, because I want to do my thing, you know. So, I mean, I remember my dad would put my pocket money for uni in a book in the house, and the following week's money would be there. (laughs) <laughs> so, this guy calls me, aren't you hungry in school? Like, I had a barbecue, like a bright place in school, so I was making my money. So, so let me not delve too much into that. You know? <laughs> so, you are always
0: enterprising. I was
1: always enterprising, you know. So, London um, was a different ballgame, but um, again, like I said, it was very eye-opening. It was, you know, London is very metropolitan. Mm. The art culture is amazing, you know, and... Me going into London, wanting to study design, wanting to learn more about the arts, and it was just the right place for me mm. at that time. Um, it wasn't easy getting into the design um, industry. It wasn't easy getting into a studio to work. I had to do it, like, I studied IT because I needed to find a job, you know? <laughs> so, uh, lucky for me, I got into one of the best studios in London. It's um, Neville Brody's Research Studios. And for me, that was, like, my school. Mm-hmm. You know, because there I learned things that I never learned in university. I was with people who didn't go to school, but they knew their onions, you know. Um, So learning with, you know, working with these guys was like me being with my teachers every day, learning something new about typography, learning about colors, learning, you know, basically learning about the culture. Mm. But the most important thing is learning how to think. Because you can be the most amazing craftsperson, person, the most amazing draftsman. You know, you could draw with your eyes closed. You're an amazing illustrator, but do you know how to think? Mm. Do you know how to apply yourself? You know, so those things are very crucial for an artist, a designer. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to learn how to think, you'll be able to apply yourself as an artist. You know, mm. um, that that kind of opened my mind. To a lot of possibilities, saying to me that um, you may have studied graphic design, but you can be a product designer Mm. if you can think. If you can think it, you can dream it. Then you can make it happen. Mm. It's all about applying yourself. You know, it's it's like you close your eyes, you envision something, uh, you see the picture already. it's in you. You already have an idea. Mm. What is this thing? Is it a chair? Is it a table? Is it going to be made out of wood? Is it going to be metal? Then you start to piece those things together. I I mean, I, I would have loved to be an architect because I've met, I've seen so many great architects and those guys are just amazing. They're like the most amazing people in the <laughs> world, <laughs> you know, because I come to design in Daba a lot. Yeah. And, you know, you get to see all these wonderful people and the way they think, it's all about thinking. It's design thinking. It's, it's telling stories. So mm-hmm. there I learned how to think, and that was one of the greatest things London did for me.
0: Wow. You know. I love that, Tunde, because, I mean, so many artists... Fail. Oh, I, don't want to use, I shouldn't use the words fail, but so many artists struggle with the concept of lateral thinking and taking themselves out of being a creator and able to see how to harness other opportunities or how to even expand on their creativity, and then they get stuck in the singular hole. And I think what you're saying is so invaluable. It's, it's not even so much about learning just the business of art but how to think about yourself and your approach.
1: Yes. Um, The business of art is something on the side, you know, if, I I, I always say to my friends who are artists, like if you can't handle the business, then get someone to do it. Mm -hmm. You can't do everything. So you concentrate on the side of the art that you're good at Mm -hmm. and get someone to handle the business or go learn the business because it's very important for artists to learn business of art a lot of artists struggle because they can't um they can't put a business together Mm -hmm. and how do you survive if you can't monetize what you're doing as much as you're passionate you know artists are very passionate i am still struggling with business but um i could say i've done a bit well Mm -hmm. with what i do Um, but um, a lot of artists still struggle like you said and also because they don't I, I struggle to have this conversation about other artists but <laughs> because I'm still finding my foot as well. Yeah. But um, yes, a lot of artists do struggle to f- bring themselves out of that comfort zone. You know, I, I studied as a, as a sculptor. I must just carve wood. I must just work with clay and this. I can't do any other thing. Mm. It, it doesn't happen that way. Mm. You can be a sculptor you can design amazing chairs Mm. you can be a product designer you're a sculptor okay how can you apply your knowledge as a sculptor into doing other things that can then be commercially viable and still be an amazing work of art you know so all these things i learned over time
0: I'm in conversation tonight with Nigerian artist Tunde uh, Oulabi who's in South Africa, and we're just finding out more about him, like listening to his tale as to how he came to be at this point. And you know what I gather from your story is you're not just an artist; you're a creator, and and that is the essence of you. The fact that you're a photographer, you're a visual artist, you're a fashion designer. Um, you know you're an interior designer these you're a storyteller who mm. uses creativity as a way of telling the story of not just your people but the people on the continent as well
1: absolutely um yeah because i feel the african story um black the the, the black history is not being you know history is not fair on black people let me put it that way. And, there's so much about the African story that has not been told. Mm-hmm. You know, People need to see, uh, someone bought a pair of sneakers from us from Finland, and it, I saw the order and I'm like, Finland, how? You know, But it goes to show how far and wide your stories can get to, mm. if properly told. And another, another intriguing thing, there was a day, uh, I mean she's not a friend, but she, she bought something from us, and she was in Amsterdam. And she caught up with other friends who probably two of them were white, she's Ethiopian, and they ran into themselves wearing ethnic sneakers. And she was like, how random, how do you (laughs) find people in Sheephole and they're wearing the same brand, you know? So the African story needs to be told, you know, we're not, and you know, like they say, if the lion doesn't tell its own story, the tale of the hunter has been the great one. Yep. Yeah. You know how it goes. African story needs to be told yeah um, African art African story it hasn't been exhausted so yes the African story hasn't been exhausted you know there's so many ways the African story can be told mm-hmm. films um, fashion art you know so many and mm-hmm. I don't think we're doing enough yeah. to put a story out there and you know this glamorizing the West you know wanting to be the west is what led to what I'm showing today, mm-hmm. um, how a lot of people are now trying to trace back to their, youth, uh, their roots, you know, people now wear their traditional hairstyle, mm-hmm. but they're finding new ways of expressing, you know, these things are very important for us, you know, going forward because if we don't do this, we will find our cultures dying mm-hmm. and the generations to come will find nothing. Mm. You know, they'll just probably hear about some things, which, if history isn't kind on, they probably will never hear about them. Yeah. You know, people like Rihanna are wearing Bantu knots today, and people are making noise about Bantu knots. But where did Bantu come from? Bantu is even African was from Zulu. You yeah. know, a Bantu. Yeah. You know, the Igbo culture wears a lot of Bantu knots. You know, but when the West does it, then it's cool. Mm. If we do it, it's primitive. Who said that? Mm. You know? You find Picasso taking inspiration from African um, art in the, during the time when he was doing the Cubism mm. art, you know, doing a lot of sculpture that imitates sculptures that were done in Africa even before his forefathers were born. Yeah,
0: yeah. But
1: when they celebrate these things, they don't mention that this influence was, was from Africa. Yeah. You know, they probably just say it in person. Damien Hirst made a sculpture of um, one of the Ife bronze, Mm. never gave credit back to where he got inspiration from, but it's celebrated like the idea came from him. Mm. So we need to tell our stories so that people know that this is where this came from. Mm. You know, if Saint Laurent made some collection using some African whatever, and These guys are being celebrated and, you know, everybody shouts about them, but where is it from? Yeah. Yeah. So until we start to tell our stories and make noise about it just the same way they do, it's all going to be the same.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm loving about sort of this, I guess, this resurgence of voice from young African creatives is there's a sense of celebrating and honouring history and heritage and centering it very much in our stories, but there's also a sense of interrogating it and mm-hmm. flipping it upside down and yeah. really just getting to the crux of, you know, as to your title, as we were, we are, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. So this, this is, I mean, I started thinking how, um, how I've come a long way, seven years building the brand Ethnic Africa, and it just dawned on me that this is me flipping something that was. Mm. Into a, a new way of carrying them. Mm. You know. Um, my forefathers wear this fabric as Akbada, and you know, they were so regal. Mm. You know, this the, there's a picture that can never get off my head. It was Obasanjo, one of our former presidents, and he was standing there with Jimmy Carter. He was wearing the Akbada. But if you look at Jimmy Carter beside him, he looked like the bodyguard. <laughs> 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 I'll show you and then you can tell me if I'm right <laughs> or wrong. You know, it goes to show how royal we are. Yeah. You know, and we need to know this. We need to celebrate this. We uh, my friend and I were climbing um the Lion's Head. Mm. And as we were descending, a lady, I'll show you the picture on my phone. This lady has she had the most beautiful elaborate hairstyle. And something in me was just like Okay, you're doing something right. Yeah, you know, with what you're talking about, mm. it was just the most amazing. So elaborate, it, but I, I was questioning how does the babe sleep at night <laughs> <with this. laughs>
0: And how did she climb lions? It, <laughs>
1: you know, but um, yeah, we're we're finding new ways of interrogating these things and then expressing them in our own ways. Mm. You know, you find Dutch wax. It's Dutch wax, yes, but they've made it African. It's it's been named African prints. I still interrogate it, but I've accepted the fact that it's part of our, it's a very strong part of the African culture. Mm. You know, it may not be made in Africa. A lot of them, um, probably Dutch, Indonesia, whatever they make them. But the African continent has owned the prints. Mm. You know, and naturally we're colorful people. You know. We have our own fabrics as well, which we're also trying to promote. But what is interesting is how designers have now found ways of using this. Before, you find my mom would buy this thing, and all she does is wrapper and blouse. (laughs) Yes. Like, boring. But look at this lady here. She has just inherited some of her grandmother's wrappers, and Mm -hmm. she made a tailored suit out of it. So, you can see how people are reinventing and recreating the will, mm-hmm. you know, um, taking away the boring side and finding new forms of expression without throwing away their roots, mm-hmm. you know, tracing back to where they're from, tracing back to who they are, finding a way to identify themselves with who they are, or finding new ways of showing it to the world that, look, we're not, primi- we're not primitive like you think we are. Yeah, Civilization came from us. Yeah. So, until you realize that, you all better know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, what I found today from some of my travels on the continent is that I find that South Africans tend to be at a disadvantage in getting to this realization. Right. You know, um, they, there's a sense that the rest of the continent is so in with what it is to be African and live in those dualities. Um, And as a South African, when you start traveling, you start almost self-introspecting and judging that, wait a minute, we've, we've lost the essence of what tradition is or what culture is in pursuit of the Western. Whereas the rest of the cool kids on the continent, the reason why they're cool is they manage to straddle both those worlds Ever so effortlessly every mm. single day
1: mm. well <laughs> to be honest i'm not I'm not sure how that has panned out, but I think <laughs> I think um, South Africa is catching up mm. um, a lot of amazing brands that I love you know in South Africa, a lot of um, young creatives that I love in South Africa that I look up to and see how they are catching up and They are being the leaders, you know, leading other people Mm -hmm. in that direction that you're talking about. Um, It's not going to be easy, Mm -hmm. but um, I think over time, the only thing is South Africans need to travel more.
0: Oh, yes. Say that again. Hallelujah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) South Africans need to travel more because I feel like that's one thing that's missing Mm -hmm. here. A lot of people here don't travel,
0: and travel to the continent. To the continent,
1: it's not yes. it's not going to Europe. It's not going to the Americas. Yeah. It's traveling the continent, knowing that mm. it's knowing that um, there are other African countries mm. who are like them. So I'll give you an example. A friend of mine who's Sudanese, mm. um, she came here for Africa burn. Mm-hmm and she said to me today i I had the most bizarre experience if i was in europe i'd have understood but in africa Mm. and you know this happened to me by an african a Mm. black person i found it really disturbing and she's so dark Mm. her skin's beautiful Mm. tall beautiful girl and she said to me this guy came and said is that your skin color or did you wear something? Can I touch you? Can I take a photo? And you know, she she saw it coming from a place of ignorance. Mm. But then she forgave it, but also she couldn't really forgive it because she felt like a lot of people have been done a disservice, probably due to appetite, I don't know. But a lot of people also need to educate themselves it's not enough for you to go to school yep. it's not enough for you to feel like you're cool because you know what's going on in Europe and America you know, the, the popular culture, the, the music culture and all those things do you know what's going on next door In your, you know, the, the, the next country to you do you even know what country it is mm-hmm. you know, what efforts have you made to even visit these places if you haven't been there, there's so many ways to travel virtually, mm-hmm. read about places read about their culture learn about them you know their food what do they do what do they look like all these things are very important and um, until this happens we will keep being um i'm trying not to use a certain word Mm. but we'll keep being different from ourselves
0: we'll keep othering
1: exactly yeah and that invisible border will always be there you know until Mm. we shatter that glass it'll always be there
0: so as we wrap things up, I mean, you are here for your first solo exhibition in South Africa and you've been working from Cape Town sculpting some of the pieces, which are incredible, by the Thank way, you. really, really incredible. Is it different sort of working on a canvas or working on a sculpture outside of your normal environment? Does it bring a different kind of energy and a different perspective?
1: Um, sculpture. So as you know, I, I love to experiment. I, I... I love to play with materials. I love to see what's possible, you know. Um, Having to do these sculptures, I felt like I couldn't tell these stories with just a two-dimensional form. Mm. People need to see it in the round. People need to probably feel it, you know. Go around it, look at it, you know, and just immerse themselves into it, which is why I thought sculpture would be more fitting to tell these Mm. stories. Um, and that was why I decided I was going to create those series in sculpture. And then I've worked with how many materials? Clay, wood, copper wire, yeah. you know, bead. <laughs> so it's, it's about conceiving the idea and finding what's possible. How can you make it? Mm-hmm. Um, how can you make it look like what it is that you've imagined? I mean, one of the sculptures, I had to, like, break it down and start again yeah, until you get there, you mm-hmm. know. Um, one of them uh, has got the bronze. This one here, and the reason why I decided I wanted bronze is because this hairstyle here is usually reserved for wives of kings. Oh, so what's more fitting than putting the crown, like you know, the bronze on? on her, I mean, every other, every other one of them is wearing a crown, which mm. that's what our hairstyle does, you know. But because of the significance of that, I wanted people to understand what this hairstyle is about, Mm -hmm. and that's why I decided to put, you know, use the bronze as that crown on, you know, the the ball part of it, so, um, yeah, so for me, it's not enough for me to just paint, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes painting limits what you're trying to do, Mm -hmm. you know, sculpture, it could be sculpture, it could be an installation, I've never, I've never really tried an installation, but I'm hoping one day I can, you know, but I just need to find ways of expressing, mm. you know, in, in the most um, in the most result-oriented way mm. that can give, that can express what I'm feeling inside of me.
0: I love it. Tunde, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. I'm going to let you get on with your guest. Um, and I'm going to actually grab some thoughts from peeps nice. about your work. I mean, I'm besotted yeah. by the painting behind us, of the lady yeah. in, the, the, blue in the blue dress. Yeah. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. It's, and I think it's the truest representation visually for me of what we we're talking about in terms of tradition, yeah. meeting like a more modern aesthetic, the exactly. dualities of exactly. life. Yeah. Love it. Yeah.
1: This is The Art of Everything.
0: That was uh, our conversation with the uh, Tunde Oluwabi Multidisciplinary artist. Uh, that exhibition is on in Cramerville right here in Johannesburg at the uh, Cromwell-Gobeni uh, Gallery. You need not have an appointment in order for you to go through and uh, see it. In fact, it is on uh, throughout the course of the weekend. Um, and you can either check out uh, at uh, Tunde Oluwabi Studios on Instagram for the uh, times as to when the doors open and when the gallery closes. But I think it does keep standard gallery time. So it should be open until around about 2, 3, 4 o'clock every single day with the exception of Sunday. Or, of course, uh, you can uh, follow at uh, Cromwell and Gobini Studios to uh, get the comprehensive um, times for that show. It is open to you if you are curious to go and have a look or you can follow our handles at SAFM Radio on Twitter at Bridget Massinger on uh, of course uh, Instagram and uh, I've put up a, a few posts and pictures and videos from last night's uh, soiree. If you want to have a look at some of the art and some of the sculpture, you can definitely uh, see that on my page as well as on my Twitter page um, and uh, use that as a link to get you to his profile. It's fast approaching 10- to uh, 10 o'clock on The Art of Everything. Our WhatsApp lines remain open on 61 That's 61 Feel free to be in communication with, with myself and my team, and you can use uh, the hashtag, hashtag uh, SAFM, The Art of Everything, for ease of uh, finding you guys. Because you know all the shows, everyone's still communicating. Um, We're still hearing the chime-ins from Aldrin's show and the shows from the remainder of the day. So to ensure that your message gets to us, be sure to use our hashtag. The music continues on the art of everything as we are fast approaching your request time. For the next hour, you get to take over as uh, the music compiler for the show and let us know what you'd like to hear for the weekend to set you in the mood.